the scoreline when you looked at it like looks like a hammering. And it was a hammering though. They scored 28 points in about three minutes and we couldn't stop them. You know, okay, so it was a hammering. But there's there's different levels of hammerings here. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Meaningful metrics on Off The Ball. In partnership with Whoop, the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See whoop.com for more. Okay. Really only one place that we could be doing meaningful metrics about this week, and that is the All-Ireland Turning Final. Yeah. Michael, good evening to you. How are you, Jer? Welcome back. Thanks very much. Uh, I've enjoyed this. I've been digging into the All-Ireland Final, past and present. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on, uh, you know, just looking at historical games and historical little storylines, and my God, the tangents and branches you can go off on. that aren't relevant to this at all, that aren't in the printout in front of you and aren't going to be talked about here. But you find out an awful lot of interesting little things when you go searching into the 19th century and then you realise, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for this. But you make the time anyway. That's the whole point of a wormhole. Tell us, uh, give me some, drop some factoids on me that aren't on your sheets. So, well, uh, I I don't know if I actually, see, this is the thing, I have to uh, uh, take them out of my brain entirely so that I can make sure I can give you actual meaningful metrics and not meaningless. Uh, but just like little things like when replays were played and stuff. But I'm, look, I'm going to go down... Three years later kind of thing. Oh, ridiculous. So we'll get to that now in a second, right? So there's a lot made of the fact that the final this year is being played on the 17th of July, a rather unique ne- date for an All-Ireland final. Too hot for hurling. It's going to be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be 30 degrees. Now, it's uh, not too hot for a Munster final. But uh, yeah, no, uh, it, our, our heat waves do tend to happen at the end of July and they do tend to happen more regularly than they used to be. So uh, this this was, uh, you know, could be forecast, I suppose, in some ways. So it's going to be interesting. What if the weekend. split season, hear me out, was yeah. club first. So if you had a really good club season, you could play for your county. What if that? What if we did it that way? And then and then the All-Ireland final was at the end of October. Yeah, why not? And, and you have we, still kind of like... Croker? June, July. There's talk of Croker not being sold out this weekend, which I've never really known for a, an All Ireland final. Really? Um, yeah, there's there, there's definitely discussion about it. I'm not sure the exact details, but a lot of people, an awful lot of people, are on holidays at the moment. It's like true. you know, and it's people true. go on holidays a bit. And also, like there's there's things happening in every town in the country in July. You know what I mean? There's like there's the, people are getting out of Dublin for various different reasons, um, and and staying in their home place for various different reasons. So yeah, it's it's just not it's not the ideal time for a final. Is it the ideal time in the GEA calendar? I suppose we can all have that conversation at the end of the year. So yeah, the club finals got. But going back to the July final, right? It seems unique, and we all, up until recently, it was September, first Sunday in September, first Sunday in September. Digging into it, right? First All-Ireland Final, the 1887 Championship, played in 1888. The, by 1922, which was the 1920 Championship, all 12 months had hosted an All-Ireland Final. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but July actually, only one, tied for the bottom of the list, uh, up until this weekend with uh, with May and February as the only ones to ever hold one final. So they're kind of, yeah. Uh, but this is, a, this is a really interesting story, Jer. The only July final, right, should have been in 1911 between Kilkenny and Limerick. Right, there you go. Yeah, except it wasn't. It was played in 1912 and it wasn't played between Kilkenny and Limerick. Okay. <laughs> Kilkenny and Limerick's first game was called off due to an unplayable pitch, probably because they used to play them in the depths of winter back then, right? Then it was reset, 
many months later, this is the other thing, when you dig into these things, there's replays are played like four or five months after the original game. The replay was set for Turles. Limerick, for some reason, refused, and I haven't, I haven't found uh, that much information about this, refused to play uh, the game in Turles, which meant that that game, that game was cancelled. Yeah. It's close enough to Limerick too, though. So that game was cancelled. Tipperary, so imperialist that Limerick Junction is actually in Tipperary. <laughs> Absolutely, right. So that game was cancelled then and reset, but not with Limerick. Tipperary were appointed as Kilkenny's opponents and Kilkenny duly won the only ever July All-Ireland final. So one up to Kilkenny on the Mina for metrics. 100 years ago. Uh, well, 110, 110 years, years ago. ago. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So last decade. Uh, there. September, obviously, the most All Ireland finals, right? So just, just uh, le- allow me on one of the tangents here, just on on when All Ireland finals are played, right? Obviously, September miles ahead of everything else, right? But the first Sunday in September didn't happen, and th- that tradition didn't really start until 1927, right? And then more or less kept going. There's obviously the odd year where it didn't happen. The first uh, final for September happened in 1904. It was the 1902 final. Now, that's actually very, very common. We didn't catch up on our years until 1909. It was the first year played in the right in the proper calendar year. Uh, it slipped again then during the wars, which is why it was the 1922 uh, thing uh, I was saying. In 1923, we had two All-Ireland hurling finals played within five days of each other. <laughs> Did we have a minor situation like that last year? Did, did somebody yeah, two under minors 20s, I think. Under 20s, it? Yeah, yeah, Cork, Cork uh, were in one. Yeah. Um, definitely beat Dublin in one and I think then there was another game I think Cork might have won both of them did they but uh, yeah that was insane so within five days of each other you had one Kilkenny played uh, tip I think in one and then that was in 1922 that's the 100 years ago one they won that so it's another another little anniversary for Kilkenny on that one but then Galway beat Limerick five days later in the 1923 game <laughs> which is unbelievable oh, oh, absolutely unbelievable so that's uh, they're, they're my when games are played so maybe maybe all the, the people crowing about uh, you know having a different time for an All-Ireland final they'd want to go back and have a look at the 19th century chair and the early 20th century what is it, what, what is it the, the UFC fancies they know your history get what was it anyway not to start war, a war on another front tonight so the, unnecessarily if only we had people that were uh, like 150 years educate old educate yourself you know, that's you, it educate, educate yourself, yourself. <laughs> we could have so many brilliant features and all the madness that happened in like cancelled finals and there's another one that went to a replay and I've no idea why even though uh, Cork won it by a goal right yeah so um, um, Hawkeye Oh, yeah. Okay, three in a row. That's what Limerick are going for this year. Okay, so I've just looked back at the last hundred years in this. I didn't go down to the nineteenth century. I just I, I drew a line at nineteen twenty two. Okay, so seventeen teams have won back to back all Irelands in the last hundred years. Uh, only five of them have gone on to do the three in a row. So that was uh, Cork in 1943, Tip in 1951, Cork again in 54, Cork again in 78, and of course we all know Kilkenny in 2009, who would, who would go on to win four, as Cork did in, in, in the 50s as well. Um, so that's just 29% of the teams that are going on to defend for the second time to go and win the three in a row. Um, but of the teams that have made it back to the final, which we know Limerick definitely have, only three of those teams have lost. So that's a 62% win rate versus an overall 29% win rate. Right, so if uh, you make it back, more likely than not, you're going to win, according to history. And that was especially true up until 2004, which was the first. So this has actually happened. So that's, again, a pro-Limerick. And here's an anti-Limerick. And this is just history talking, not really specific to this week's game. Until 2004, when three times since then, a team has made it to the final to go for the three in a row. 
having never done it before and lost. So uh, that was Kilkenny lost to Cork in 04. Cork lost to Kilkenny in 06. And then Kilkenny lost to Tipperary in 2016. In like a three in a row that I don't think anybody <laughs> would think that it was on Kilkenny's radar for that the end of that era. But just shows you how many they've won. Um, so that's Lim- That's what Limerick have ahead of them. Like they've 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 made it back. 62% of teams that have made it back to go for the three in a row have gone on to win. Maybe that whole uh, great teams win two, actually, great teams win three. Is that, should that be the definition? We actually they win three in a row, though, because Kilkenny have won three, in, or Limerick have already won three in four. Yeah. Which I, you know, well, you, I th- you might I th- be caught on a day. Like, yeah, yeah, but I think they are a great team. Yeah, yeah oh no, I, th- I think three all Ireland in, 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 in an era in five years odd. What, what, yeah, well, so, um, what happens if you win two all Irelands and then you're winning the all Ireland semi final and the referee blows it up? Do you get counted as a great team then? You're talking about Clare. Oh, I, I wouldn't possibly be mentioned. I'm just a hypothetical. Uh, and Jimmy Cooney. Poor Jimmy Cooney. Uh, what happens in that instance? Do we think of that Clare team as an all time great team? I think we do. Yeah. But are they, are they getting grandfathered in because of that controversy? Yeah. Or is it just specific to each case? They get in, but the Offaly team doesn't? Is that unfair? Oh, that Offaly team. Do you know? So they, they get to another final. They do. You know, um, they're in a knockout championship with Wexford, one of the better Wexford teams in history. Kilkenny, you know, they could have made it in 93, won the All-Ireland, and got Offaly were unlucky to lose to them. Oh, I would say that is a great Offaly team. I don't know, maybe, maybe two is enough. Is it? <laughs> are, are we too generous I think yeah well maybe yeah that, that's it what defines great I guess uh, yeah um, there's a lot of good teams over the course of history uh, do you want to talk a bit more about this year then go for it an actual actual I, I, I think it's yeah. about 2-1 to Kilkenny so far but they don't really count so nobody's, nobody recently has done the three in a row apart from that Kilkenny team everybody else has been stopped yeah since Okay. Yeah, so Kilkenny won four, but nobody else has done it since uh, going back to, I think... Cork and... Cork in the 70s, yeah. Galway were the closest in 89 and obviously lost to uh, Tip and then there's in those the three final, teams yeah. that lost that I mentioned already. Uh, Cork and Kilkenny both times. Okay, so this year, you were asking me about goals earlier on and I suppose the perception that Kilkenny are a bigger goal threat this year. Well, it's been said. It's yeah. been said. Kilkenny have scored X amount of goals. Limerick have only scored this amount of goals and therefore it's more part of their armory than it is part of Limerick's and everybody's like, oh yeah, 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 That's I can, I can see what's going on there. But, mm-hmm. uh, apples and oranges yeah. is not apples and apples. That's exactly right. So my fear on that was that I suppose the, uh, you know, the game against Liechtenstein doesn't count towards goal difference in World Cup qualifiers, you know, and for a specific reason, you know. We did so. draw nil all with them, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I pick on Liechtenstein there? God, I have to, oh, be, I have right, to be more the, diplomatic the, in this uh, Against the, the weakest team in the group, goal difference doesn't count. You, you take it out and everybody moves on. So Kilkenny did get seven goals in the two games against Leach and Westmead. They got five against Westmead and a lot of them quite late. So... It's unfair, really, because they are championship games, but just taking them out and just looking at the stats, you know, trying to go a little bit more apples versus apples and go for the top-tier teams or what we would consider top teams uh, um, in the championship. And Kilkenny do still have a better goal record than uh, than Limerick this season. So just in championship games alone, they've got nine in their five games against the top-tier teams, whereas Limerick have seven in their six games. Um, if you add in the league... 
again, you kind of take out Offaly games, you take out Antrim games, take out Leash games. Kilkenny have scored 16 games. This is overall now in Championship and League. Kilkenny have 16 goals in their nine games and Limerick have nine in their ten. So Limerick didn't have a good league. We all know that. You don't want to write it out, but I'm just adding it in. They were already behind if you just look at Championship. So, you know, Kilkenny have definitely a bigger goal threat. I suppose the question then is how much does that make a difference in their actual matchup against each other? They yeah. haven't actually played this season. I, I, I'm taking the league out. I'm, I'm yeah. saying that Limerick in the league were interested in getting players fit and creating a little bit of depth where they could possibly do that. And I agree. Yeah. Everything was perfect for them. It was a perfect league. Everybody uh, stupidly was like, oh, something's up. What's going on? Yeah. They're all narky. And they were like, yeah, we're always narky. We're just a little bit off. We're always narky. We're a little bit off and we're narky anyway. So what's it to you? Yeah. And then uh, and they've shoved that down everybody's throats as great teams do. I think the nine goals in five games and seven goals in six games, it's um slight advantage of Kenny, but not much. It's a small sample size, isn't it? You know, and like I mean, games take their own like route and Limerick are a lot happier I would say and have what this stat tells me is that Kilkenny are probably more likely to score goals however it also something that we know that isn't maybe a stats base is that we know the type of player Limerick are more than happy have more avenues to a high score I would say and are more than happy to right goals aren't on we'll knock 30 points on you you know so I think that's something that whereas if you look at a Kilkenny or Galway Kilkenny in the Leinster final against Galway I think got 10 points from play and TJ Reid kind of added the rest of it I think they got 22 points that day you know there's been more low scoring in Leinster Limerick are kind of more open to a shootout you know so they might not need the goals but Kilkenny definitely have an advantage uh, from what we can see so far Um, and like you wouldn't be terribly surprised if Kilkenny came out with the idea that they're going to try and get goals early and to to be looking for goals early in this game like that Which worked, should make it pretty exciting it worked a little bit for Tipperary in the Munster Championship yeah. this year against Limerick so maybe maybe there is something there for them um, you'll get blow by blow analysis by the way uh, between 9 and 10 tonight we're going to play a large chunk of this week's episode of the Hurling Pod if you're not already subscribed to the Hurling Pod well then what the hell are you doing with your life something's gone wrong you need, you need someone to intervene. I'm doing that intervention right now for you. Uh, get out your podcast app, search The Hurling Pod and hit subscribe. Yeah. Uh, we all knew from last year, from the many times that you spoke to him, that James Gettle was a, a diamond in the rough. But uh, Paul Murphy is right up there with him and is getting, is getting more and more comfortable and better on that show every single week. So it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Okay. What they won't tell you, though, is Limerick's advantage in backscoring as in scores by backs. So there was actually a brilliant piece in The Examiner today from Christy O'Connor that people should check out on Dermot Burns's, uh, you know, his uh, prowess as a scorer. Now, a lot of this obviously is from Freeze, but... Where does Dermot Burns play? Dermot Burns plays right half-back right. for uh, Limerick, number five, and he is one of the top scorers in the championship this year. Now, he is a prolific long free scorer. You take out the... You, you know, free scorers obviously rack up scores, but, you know, he doesn't take the short in frees. Aaron Galan takes them, um, but he takes everything out, and, and he is he's unbelievable, and he just adds so much to it. Just read a little bit from uh, Christy O'Connor's, and then I'll get to the more general point. Uh, in 72 league and championship uh, appearances, Burns has now amassed a colossal 2-159. Uh, prior to this season, Burns' combined highest total was 31 points, 
amassed across 13 games in 2019 this is a league and championship yet he has already bagged 46 points in 11 games to date in 2022 and counting uh, he's a free taking machine but Burns has also scored 128 from play which is an average of one point per match which actually uh, more or less correlates with what he scored so far this year in the championship. Prior to this year, Burns had only record uh, only once recorded more than three points in a championship match, well, uh, which was a four point haul in the twenty twenty one Munster final against Tipperary. Yet he's hit six or more in four of Limerick's six championship games this this season. Um, so that's like it, it's incredible how much they have. Um, Lent in, leaned into this Dermot Burns is going to score frees from everywhere so let him take them but he does score from play as well and in general Limerick back score from play a lot more than Kilkenny's um, so I've just had a look at all the games including Westmead and Leash in this one and just gone for all of the games so far Limerick from play so discounting Dermot Burns' frees uh, their backs which is mainly Burns Barry Nash uh, are Barry Nash and uh, Declan Hannan, I think with one thrown in from Dan Morrissey, have scored 14 points from play in their six games this year. Kilkenny, in their seven games, have got one six from their backs. And I think one three of that has come from like Mikey Carey, who can be a little bit of a floater as well in terms of whether he's always playing yeah. wing back, you know. Yeah. So um, it's not something that Kilkenny are contributing in, you know, their scores aren't coming from as many places as Limerick's are. Yeah. Uh, I- the one thing, a couple of things about this, right? If we were talking about Mayo football, it'd be like, oh, they must have no forwards. So, yeah. And it's like, the points still count. And actually, sometimes when the defender is the one knocking it over free from inside his own half, can you imagine how much of a letdown that is for the opposition? It's like, oh, I'll foul you here. No big deal. Yeah. It's like, point. Thanks very much. Um, and then the other thing is about uh, Kilkenny scoring all those frees is like, they had to win the frees. And the frees generally come from the defence being under pressure. Like, or it's a scoring opportunity, really. Yeah. Like, most of them are. And it's not like you can go out very consciously to play inside the edge and not give away those frees. Yeah. But what's the knock-on impact in terms of your team's aggression? So you go out with, the, oh, we're going to play on the edge and we're going to be aggressive and then the referee starts pinging you for them. TJ puts it over from everywhere. TJ scored five points. You're like, oh, Kenny aren't really motoring here. But like, they are. Yeah. Because you've given up those five frees. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, except for the fact that Limerick don't really score any less frees. You know, you've got those Dermot Burn frees, you've got Galan will hit three or four a game, and, you know, they're putting that same pressure on. But I suppose they're just, they're so deadly from everywhere they get them. But also just adding in that kind of extra element of the Declan Hannon point in the Munster final. Totally. Sorry, I was, you know. I was answering the, the, the imaginary point, which you didn't make, but I know people <laughs> are making it. It was like, oh, uh, Kilkenny scored loads of points from freeze, not yeah. from play against Clare. It doesn't matter. Like, uh, uh, th- you know. No, and that was because they had Clare in desperate, desperate measures. That's, that's actually, why, that's the, why the Clare match is actually a very good example of how your freeze are very much earned points because domination leads to indiscipline. Yeah. You know, as we'll see in the rugby again tomorrow, you, you would imagine. Uh, but we're talking about the scoring, right? And I've heard a good few places that Limerick aren't scoring as heavily, and whether that's an absence of Keane Lynch or whether it's just a. I don't know, like, if it's a just a, a difference in style this year or a difference in production, maybe. And I just had a look at it, and it's like, right, 2018, they won the All Ireland. You know, they've been the dominant team in hurling for those four seasons before this year. And I went through every championship game to see what they'd scored. And the difference isn't too much. Like, they, their average points per game, this is goals and points, uh, from 2018 to 2021, the championship was 29.2 
points per game. Their average in 2022, and this is 70 minutes only, I took away their extra time scores against Clare, is 28 points per game. It's really not too different, you know, and they haven't had any, like, exactly an easy run of things this year. They haven't played anybody uh, who you would consider weaker or anything like that. No. So um, They haven't had a blowout win yet. They haven't really had a, a, a big blowout win at all, but they're still, they're still getting up to 28 points per game. They say you kind of want 30 to be winning championship games at the moment. I suppose the stats would suggest maybe 26, 27 will still win you most games. And against Kilkenny, who are definitely a lighter scoring team, Although they weren't against Clare, where they got two twenty six, uh, you know, easing up in the like second half. The game was over for a long time. Yeah, um, but yeah, look, I mean, Limerick scoring has definitely not fallen off a cliff. One twenty one in both those games against Clare, a specific matchup, and it's two games, and that brings them down to twenty four for those. So if you actually take the two Clare games out, and we know that those teams match up into a tighter battle. Yeah, I suppose though, if you're but Kenny. Kilkenny, will also if be that kind of team. Yeah, if you're a Kilkenny, you're looking at those two games and you're looking at the Galway game where they scored 27 points, you know, with like four of them coming in, in stoppage time at the end of the game. Yeah. So their strength and conditioning is going to be an issue for any team. Uh, if you can live with them, you know, then they'll kill you with your hurling. So, but, uh, so, on balance, actually in the Munster Championship, in, uh, they were scoring 31 points per game. They're down to 28 points now. Well, kind of, yeah. We I should suppose, expect yeah. them to score 28 points. That's, you know, well, based on the stats anyway, on the meaningful metrics, yeah. uh, you would suggest that that's kind of what they're at at the moment. And it's, it, I think more so is that they were they were considered a, they're ruining hurling. Uh, you know, they're scoring, so they're, they're too heavy a scoring team. And not all that the much The ball is flying too fast. I suppose is, is the point there. The hurlies the are too strong. The hurlies are too strong. The balls are too light. But the hurlies are too small. Now everyone, now, nobody talks about that. You know, people don't have to swing wildly anymore from four yards away. Are they smaller? Much smaller? Oh, much smaller. Conor Whelan has a 30 hurl. Does he? Right? And I think that, and that was setting a trend four or five years ago when I heard that first. I think more and more are doing that now. 30. I used a 30 hurl when I was about 11. Yeah. You know, if that even, I'd say I was probably on 32 at that stage. You used to measure it up to your hip. Yeah. These guys now it barely gets over their knee. Right. You know, because they're just so well made and, uh, you know, thicker with lighter wood yeah um, so much much more control over the ball the last one that's I have that's the most meaningful thing you've said all night I, <laughs> yeah. did, I did not know this right there you go yeah no. Conor Whelan and the 30 hurl is. I think it was like it was a Cyril Farrell throwaway line from like 2018 or something like that when, when Conor Whelan was coming on on the scene that I literally left my jaw on the floor you know and I've remembered ever since but again I think more and more are going for much much smaller because again they can get so much control with it and they don't need the power anymore because one they're stronger and two the hurdies are way better built right I didn't know that there you go alright there um, you go there's an accidental meaningful metric for you Brian Cody was a county holy bee if Brian Cody was a county holy bee well Limerick after this weekend maybe if Limerick win so it's a 17th All-Ireland Hurling final. He's won 11. Limerick have 10 All-Irelands and going for their 11th. Uh, they've also caught, He's also Wexford because this is his 17th final, which is the same as Wexford have managed in their history of their county, meaning only Limerick in their 20th, Tip, Cork, Galway, and of course, and Dublin. And actually, do you know what I've left out of this? Kilkenny, I suppose, <laughs> um, have had more All-Ireland finals, uh, have, play, have been in more All-Ireland finals than Brian Cody as a manager, I should point out, because I'd say he, he definitely, he passes Limerick 
and I'd say no, I'd just pass as Limerick I think if you added in as a player I wouldn't say he'd reach Galway Galway have been in 25 finals so um, yeah like Clare, Waterford think of these like good hurling counties Offaly yeah, miles know, ahead all that Brian Cody's been in more finals than a- them Antrim and then you take a winner 11 um, Limerick would obviously um, equal that as I mentioned but he's already got more titles than Kilkenny or than every county bar Kilkenny, Tip and Cork um, so as we know the we, big we, three we, look take it for granted obviously and um, but what we don't talk about is that John Kiley a relatively unheralded three time All-Ireland wing manager I would say would you agree with that? I don't know. I think people think they're very, very impressed by John Kiley. He's a very impressive character. I think so. Um, but he's a bit under the radar. A little bit, I maybe, think. You know? maybe, maybe. He's not talked about the same cult as Cody anyway. Well, you know? uh, I think we're in the midst of it, mm. right? And so the mythology builds up over a period of time. And I, I do think it has an impact. We, we haven't talked about this yet, but if they win this All-Ireland in front of a relatively full house or close to a full house. Last year there was 40,000. The previous year there was nobody. Yeah. Do you know, it's 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 going to be the most meaningful. It was their breakthrough. And so yeah. it was feverish. Yeah. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Yeah. This this is... It's very this, different, yeah. Well, I, I would say 2018 and this one are, are going to be the ones that when you retire and look back and you won loads more, you're like, those two were very special. That was our three in a row against, against Cody. Mm. So we were stopping him, stopping us from being stopped. And also, <laughs> it was the first post relaxation of lockdown yeah. Ireland proper one because last year loads of people uh, in the crowd with masks people with not no masks people being mask shamed both ways and it's like no one's even mentioning that stuff this year it's just it's just a free we're free mm. um, I don't know I think so who else is on that list with three uh, Sarah Farrell Pat Henderson the Kilkenny and Bertie Troy of Cork and nobody has any more than three other than Brian Cody John Kiley wins this Sunday he jumps to second overall is the most all Ireland's for one manager. It's pretty impressive. It is very impressive. But he hasn't done it yet. Brian Cody could go 12 with his nearest challengers having three if they win on Sunday. You know? Yeah. Right. 12 finals. It's 11, incredible. It is absolutely 17 incredible. finals. What am I talking about? It is absolutely incredible. All right. That's this week's uh, Meaningful Metrics and we hope that um, you enjoyed it. Meaningful Metrics and Off the Ball is in partnership with Whoop, the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See whoop.com for more.